What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast. It's Thursday. Happy Thursday. Hope you're doing well. That means it's time for some fantasy action. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily CBS Sports NFL podcast. We do gambling. We do fantasy. We do everything. If you like it, if you're enjoying it over the holidays, heading into the holidays, you know, do do your buddy Will a favor. Do your buddy, do your pal Brinson a favor, and uh, hit that hit that five star review button, or tell a friend about the podcast. That goes even a, like an even longer way if you if you bust it out and and tell a friend about it. Uh, speaking of friends, we get to bring on our friend Heath Cummings for the final time in 2018 to head into championship week. Heath, uh, a couple of things. One, um, it's Christmas time and that's exciting. You were going to leave as soon as we get done recording this to go to a, uh, a, a, a mini golf, mini golf Christmas event. Is that what I mini golf Christmas event from what I've been told? My wife was wanting to schedule some holiday stuff. Um, there's, I mean, South Florida, the holidays don't feel quite as holidays sometimes. No, of course not. And so she was wanting to schedule some holiday stuff, and she found something that she knew she could rope me into. It is a uh, mini golf course about 20 minutes away from our house that serves beer on the course. Like, not you can buy it at the first hole, but I, from what I understand, they have almost something like a beer cart oh that they have on regular golf courses. And Come Around will bring you beer while you're playing mini golf. And this time of year, the entire course is decorated with Christmas decor and Santas and all kinds of snow and stuff. Well, that's just incredible. What a, yes. uh, I mean, I would go to that on Easter, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, you know, Hanukkah. I'm not, I'm not Jewish, but I would Let's celebrate do all the holidays. I'll celebrate Hanukkah out there. Yeah. I'll celebrate anywhere playing mini golf with beer. That's a great idea. I was, um, we were joking beforehand that, uh, Pete Prisco was found it amusing that I was running late for this recording because I was at a Christmas kids choir and then a children's museum. Um, only Pete, aka Satan, aka Beelzebub would find it hilarious that I was spending time with my family on a Wednesday afternoon. Pete, Pete's, I love Pete. And I know Pete doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say this. I've never heard someone work as like, like such an easy job and complain as much as he does. He's like, I did five shows for HQ on Monday. It's like you get, you, you, you just got up there and you were tan and you talked a lot. That's what you do in real life anyway. What's the problem here? You have to work with Pete on a daily basis. So you can't say that. Uh, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, his desk is right next to mine now. He has an actual desk. Is it the? He has an actual desk here. I, he doesn't ever sit in it. Right. But he does have a desk here, and he comes in and sits his bag down on it before he goes on set. Oh, it's like the temporary Pete desk. But it's, yeah. he doesn't have like pictures of his cat or anything in there. There, there are no pictures of. There's no pictures of anything. Right. There's no thing that actually would tell you it's Pete's there's desk. A, there's a picture of Blake Bortles. But <laughs> you should imagine the uproar if someone sits in that desk. Uh, and he comes in and someone is sitting there. Actually, you know, that's how I know that Pete is, is indeed my, one of my good friends is that when I came down to Fort Lauderdale, he was like inviting me to use his desk space to like set my stuff there. Um, yeah, you're the only one. That's right. Okay. So before we dive into who you should sit and who you should start, and there's no Thursday night football. Thank God. That's a Christmas gift to us all. I hate Thursday night football, Heath. Um, I am very happy that there is not a Thursday night game this week. I, I'm not really that excited about the two Saturday games, to be honest. No, I hate this. I hate the Saturday. I hate Saturday football more than I hate Thursday football. Just leave it for Sunday. I, you know what really chaps or grinds my gears? When they do two Saturday games like they did last week and then nine one o'clock games. Like, what do you, like, you got rid of two, you got rid of three of the games of the slate or four of them if you count Monday Night Football and you have nine games at one o'clock? Divvy them up. Go four, like, uh, go four and seven or something like that. I don't know. Um, at any rate, 
I'm curious how you did without you know going too far in depth. How many of what percentage of your leagues did you make the finals? I made it in just over 25 percent of my leagues. Oh, I, I, so five of 19. Okay. Which is, I'm I was a little bit down going into the playoffs because I'd only made the playoffs in 10 of 19. Mm. So this you know advanced. I feel like really. Anybody that advanced from last week to this week was just really lucky. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, I did. I did have a team where I started Justin Jackson and Damian Williams. The other guy started Barkley and Philip Lindsay, and I destroyed him. I had a. Um, I I ended up going. I made it in six finals out of thirteen leagues, which is very exciting. That's a that's a very good number. And I, you know, I I but I, the reason I brought this up is not to brag about my my finals. Well, it record. was clearly so that you could say that you made it in six of thirteen. Yeah. Well, no actually, others. no. I thought well, I just I thought that this, this was an interesting. I think that now is a good time if you if you're serious about fantasy and you want to win in fantasy. Uh, and clearly, both of us are. You're an actual fantasy expert. I'm just a, a, an idealistic thinking. I think I'm a fantasy expert. Um, you do need to do some self review at the end of the season. And like, you can't wait until March to do it because you, you won't, you won't think about it. Um, and one of the things that I did last year, I won our June magazine league, which is a, a league we draft in June. And then, you know, and like, we don't mess with the, the lineups at all until the, until after the season's over. Well, I won the June magazine league and I didn't win any other leagues and my teams were terrible. And I realized it was because I got away from the team, the guys I liked in June and changed to the guys in August who I thought were better. Like I got away from Todd Gurley in some leagues last year and went to like, uh, 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 Jay Ajayi instead of, you know, which is like he was hot and he looked like he was going to run well, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm back in the finals of the June league against Chris Towers. And I think my, my lesson, my Christmas lesson is if you're, if you're, don't get swayed by preseason hype. If you're confident in somebody like Patrick Mahomes, stick with it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a good lesson, right? Yeah, I think that's a good lesson. My, I, I haven't done a lot of self-reflection as far as what went right, what went wrong with my fantasy team so far this year. So I don't know if I have any great observations. I will say in that June magazine league, I don't think I've ever even made the playoffs in that league. Twice now. We've drafted that team and I've forgotten about it until week three that we were actually <laughs> playing that league out. Um, so yeah, I need to make that league a higher priority clearly, but yeah, I think, I think that's a good lesson is, is draft your guys. And I think it's also applicable to week 16. You're sitting there in the fantasy championship and you've got a lot of wheels turning in that brain Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, Oh, do I start this guy? Do I start this guy? What does Heath say? What does Dave say? What does Jamie say? And you're looking all over for advice and you're going to be able to find in most situations that are close. There's going to be three experts that think one thing, three experts that think another. Listen to the arguments and then make your decision. Start your guys this week. And you want to make sure you're happy with the decision. Yeah. Like you have to be willing to live with the decision. If you're going to get, you know, if you're going to sit, um, you won't have to sit Keenan Allen because you'll know his status by Saturday night. But like, you know, if you're, I went in a league, I went Elijah McGuire over, uh, Marlon Mack last week and it cost me. Uh, significantly. In fact, it cost me, it was my dad's league and it cost him a chance in the championship. Sorry about that, Pops. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you have to be willing to gamble with it and sometimes it works out like Damian Williams and sometimes it doesn't. Let's try and make it work out for you guys. You're starting Melvin Gordon, right? He's playing, he, well, alright, so how are you gonna handle Melvin Gordon? Better question. How are you gonna handle Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen? Um, both of whom we believe as of Thursday, at least as of Wednesday, that they're gonna play, that they're gonna start for the Chargers on Saturday night. Are you running them both out there? 
Yeah, I my intention is at this point in the week that I'm going to run them both out there. I do think this is, especially being a Saturday standalone game, just a fascinating situation because oh, yeah. you've got a couple of guys that are clearly not 100% facing one of the best defenses in the NFL in what we expect to be a low-scoring game. But when they're right, they are amongst the very best at their position. My take right now is I like I could see a situation where I sat Melvin Gordon. If I had Nick Chubb and Philip Lindsay, yeah. those are two guys I would start over Melvin Gordon. And so like, I'm not saying there's no way you could sit him. He's just right there at my top ten. I think the guys that are really difficult are Derrick Henry in a non PPR league. Yeah. I think that one's that's a tough call. He's gonna get he's gonna get people back. He's gonna get people back for these last two weeks. He just is. It's just how it's gonna work. And then as far as Keenan Allen goes, I'm viewing him more as a number two receiver than a number one receiver. I don't like Philip Rivers. I just don't know that the pass volume is going to be there because I see this going one or two ways. Either Baltimore can't score on the Chargers, and then the Chargers don't have a lot of reason to throw the ball around. Or if Baltimore's offense does work against this Chargers defense, when they're good, the other team just doesn't get the ball. They run it and run it and run it. They're running over 70 offensive plays per game. You compare that to a team like the Chargers who runs 58, 59, 60 plays per game, and that's their normal pace. Well, what's their pace like if they're facing a team that hogs have a possession like the Ravens do? So I'm a little worried about the pass game. For the Chargers, but I'm I'm still starting Keenan Allen as long as we think he's a full go. Uh, the problem is if you look at that, look look back at the Kansas City game against the Ravens, and Baltimore's defense is better, and I think I mean excuse me, Los Angeles's defense is better, and I think they could be up twenty one nothing, and this game is over. Lamar Jackson has to throw, and Melvin Gordon has a huge game, but then it ends up being Justin. I mean, there's just there's just a lot of different ways the game script could go, and there's not a ton of them that are entirely favorable to Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen, because if you, like that Kansas City game. Mahomes had 250 passing yards in late, late in the fourth quarter, and it looked like he was going to have a dud of a game, and then he had to come alive and bring the Chiefs back and ended up at like 350 or 399 or something. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm concerned about Rivers. I'm a little bit cautious about Keenan Allen, but I'm starting Allen and I'm starting Gordon. And if for some reason Allen has a setback over the next two or three days, I don't really think he will. You have to strongly consider starting both Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams as flexes at least. Yes. Um, segueing to a quarterback question and also a defense question, which seems impossible, but it makes sense. The Browns are playing the Bengals, and the Bengals are trash and terrible. They're going to be without Tyler Boyd. Obviously, A.J. Green is out. Andy Dalton, no Moss. It's Jeff Driscoll throwing to John Ross. The Browns' defense is great, and would you start Baker Mayfield over Phillip Rivers? Uh, in fact, I don't even know if it's John Ross. I mean, not that you can really be much of a downgrade at receiver from John Ross, right. but I don't believe he practiced on Wednesday. Oh my God. So who, I mean, I'm a professional football analyst and I, I'm trying to figure out who the next guy on that Cincinnati Bengals. I've got four names for you. Okay. How about I just give you the first name and we'll see if you can get the last name of the wide receiver. Okay. I'm, I'm not looking. I brought the death chart. I won't look. Alex. Uh, Sada. Alex Erickson. <laughs> okay. Alex Erickson. Okay. Cody. Kessler. <laughs> Cody Core. Cody Core. Auden, A-U-D-E-N. Oh, come on, stop. You're just making it up now. <laughs> Auden Tate. 
Is that a golden, a golden Tate snuggler? And then we have one more, Josh. Uh, Johnson, Josh Johnson. Josh Malone. I mean, I don't know who these guys are. This is an <laughs> unbelievable, like, I mean, like, I didn't, I mean, I, did you know those guys until you looked at the depth chart? I was reading the names off of Twitter. I, I know them only because I go through and do projections every week and yeah. I have to decide which receivers I'm going to give targets to. And so I don't, I could not pick them out of a lineup. But I don't you know see what the number. names and it pops in your mind. Right. Right, 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 right. I don't know what number they wear or what type of routes they run. I think Erickson is another underneath slot guy. That's about all I know. I mean, this is – so I, I, on your advice, I believe either on FFT Live, which you can watch every day from 12 to 1, Heath is on three times a week, um, or reading one of your columns or maybe something you said on Twitter – I dropped the Jaguars on waivers last night for the Browns. And I think this is an important, important move. Because the Browns are not a widely owned defense. But they're a very good defense. They're going to want to get back at Hugh Jackson. And they're playing against, as we just mentioned, Josh Malone, Cody Core, Alex Erickson, and Alden Tate. Catching balls from Jeff Driscoll. Yeah! Like, their real number one receiver is C.J. Uzama. Yeah. Who doesn't catch hardly anything, it doesn't seem. So... Yes, I think I, I've got the Browns like six or seven at defense right now. They're probably going to go up to top five before the week's over. They could absolutely win you a championship, and so should, so could the Miami Dolphins, also at home against Cody Kessler. You, you wow, I'm a I'm a little worried about the Dolphins. Although Cody Kessler was terrible, he, he is terrible. He is terrible, and for that for that the Jaguars. This I do not want to st- like. I get that the Jaguars scored a lot of fantasy points last week on defense. I have no interest in starting the Jaguars this week, none whatsoever. Because if you look at their home and away splits on defensive stats, they are awful away from home. I think they played that last game. They've tried to win one more for the fans in Jacksonville. They got daggered by the Redskins, and now they got two more games on the road to close out the season. And they're checked out. They're what does what Prisco say? They're in Cabo. Uh, yeah, he gave us a breakdown on FFT oh. yesterday of where teams go based on where they are That's geographically. Right. That's right. Um, so I don't remember where Jacksonville goes, but regardless, yes, the, the only thing that would make me feel better is, and I think Tom Coughlin should do this. I think Doug Marone should do this. If they told me that they're just catching a flight early Sunday morning, flying down here, playing and going home, then I might feel a little better about it. I'm, a little worried about Jacksonville in South Beach in week 16. I am a hundred percent. Okay. Actually, you know what it was? I was listening to FFT live or fantasy football today yeah. as I was driving my family back from the Polar Express last night. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm a family man. Heath, what can I say? You are. I mean, fam- Polar Express, Christmas, children's Christmas choir, uh, you know, kids museum. I'm sorry. I'm not Satan, Pete. Uh, at any rate, I was listening to fantasy football today and you guys actually mentioned some, Jamie brought up my, my auction team, I think. And they're like, Hey, my wife was like, oh, listen, they're talking about you. I was like, yeah, they sure are. That's, <laughs> that's the undefeated auction team that lost. Um, and, uh, but you pointed out that the Browns are a great ad. I would encourage anybody, if you're out there and the Browns are still available in a league, would you take the Browns over the Vikings? That's a tough one because the Lions can't protect Matthew Stafford at all. Vikings defense playing very good. They are on the road. I actually do have the Vikings at number three. I'll, I'll, I won't move the Browns ahead of them. The other one I really struggle with is the Titans. Mm. They just completely blanked the Giants in New York. They've been one of the top scoring defenses in terms of score points allowed all season long, and they get Josh Johnson. And I mean, look the, again, the Jaguars put up a huge number, and it was aided by that long, like seventy-four yard defensive touchdown. 
right. on a punt return at halftime. But I mean, that's a team that can score, certainly. Um, so Baker, would you go Baker over Philip Rivers? How high? One hundred percent for sure. Okay, how high do I, you have Baker? I've got Baker at number eight right now, and I I'm actually doing something I don't normally do. You can call me Adam Azer if you want to. I, I'm I would, buying I into a do. narrative just a little bit. First uh, off, the Bengals' defense is complete and utter garbage. Sure. Cleveland can score in any way they want, and if it was someone besides Cincinnati, I might just think, okay, Nick Chubb's going to rush for 300 yards and score five touchdowns. But we don't have to guess how Baker Mayfield feels about Hugh Jackson. We do not. This is not buying into a narrative. This is empirical evidence that he <laughs> bleeping hates Hugh Jackson and wants I, to run I up the score. I can honestly see Baker just calling audibles once they get inside the red zone because he wants to throw touchdown passes against Hugh Jackson. I would not, if I were Hugh Jackson, if I were the Bengals, I would not want to hire Hugh Jackson as our coach because Baker Mayfield is going to spend the next 15 years or however long Hugh Jackson's the coach trying to put up numbers on him. I don't, I don't. Well, I, I've got a list here of quarterbacks I would start Baker over. Rivers is on that list. Kirk Cousins with their new run-heavy approach. I, I don't like him very much. I'd yeah. start him over Jameis. I'd start him over Dak. I'd start him over Trubisky. I'd start him over Jared Goff. And I would start him over Tom Brady. Wow. That's a no-brainer. Brady's been – Brady looks shook. What about wh- – where do you have – you know, you- The Bears are tied for first in terms of fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks mm-hmm. with the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a good defense. Very. Would you start Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield? I'm going with Baker. I've been wrong about Josh Allen for a month. Anyone that's listening probably has tuned me out if they like Josh Allen. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it. His, I his, didn't. His numbers are staggering. I did not believe in his rush yards per attempt for the three weeks he averaged 10 yards per carry. Last week that normalized and he ran for 16 yards and still got a rushing touchdown. I just don't believe it. Okay, I, I don't like rookie quarterbacks against Belichick. Yeah, that's a weird spot to have anybody. I, I wouldn't blame you for not starting Josh Allen against the Patriots and Belichick. They tend to mess up rookie quarterbacks. Uh, let's talk about Big Ben on the road. A dangerous spot to start him after this break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The Saints, they will host Big Ben. What are you doing with Drew Brees, who has, quite frankly, for the last three weeks, ever since you hexed him on this very podcast and said, don't start Drew Brees, he hasn't been startable. He's been very below average in terms of his production. Are you starting him at home against uh, Ben Roethlisberger where the Ben stinks on the road? Drew's great at home. What do you do here? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I wrote in this week's things to know. It's, it's all of the quarterback narratives in new Orleans. Like breeze has stunk for three straight weeks, but he goes back home. So I think we're supposed to pretend like he's going to be awesome again because he's in new Orleans and Ben has scored a lot of points, but he's on the road. So I'm not sure we're supposed to feel great about him. And that new Orleans defense is good. I'm hedging right now. I have Breeze at seven, one spot ahead of Baker, uh, still behind most of the quarterbacks I feel really great about. I've got Ben at nine, just behind Breeze and Baker. I don't worry so much about the road thing with Ben. I'm just worried about that New Orleans defense. It's been damn good for like two months now. Yeah, it has been. They're good. Cameron Jordan's lighting people up. Yeah. They're playing and hard. So, and I, and we just, this is, 
relatively breaking news, not quite. James Conner is not ruling himself out, but he says he's not there yet. Oof. That means a game-time decision, which means you can't start Jalen Samuels or James Conner until you know, like, literally at the start of that game. Now, that is an early game, is that right? I will That's t- a 425 or 425 my time start. That is right. It is 425. That is a problem for everybody involved. And Every- I think we've got a similar situation. There's a lot of these running backs. Uh, Kansas City, Seattle. That's, I don't know if we'll know Spencer Ware's status, and they play at 8.20 yes. on Sunday night. So, all right. So what would you do if you had Jalen Samuels and – try to think of a comparable running back that you would put in, in his place. Let's say Peyton Barber. You're debating between Jalen – you have Jalen Samuels, Peyton Barber, and you don't have James Conner. Would you start Peyton Barber? against the Cowboys, or would you gamble that Jalen Samuels is going to play against the Saints? Because inactives and, actives and inactives will not be listed until about 2.30, halfway through that first game. Well, first off, I'm going to hope there's a tweet on Sunday morning that helps that, me out. Sure. And then sure. I'm just kind of looking here at the running backs that are playing in those late games to see if there's anyone else that you can pick up. It's possible, I think, that someone dropped uh, Jeff Wilson. Sure. And he's in a late game. I might consider adding him just to see what I have there. Um, there's really, like, if you could get Mike Davis, he had a ton of targets. Yep. The Chiefs have been terrible against pass-catching running backs. I don't want to, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want to start Peyton Barber at Dallas. Right. So I would be looking to see if there's a running back I can add, like a Mike Davis, like a Jalen Richard if it's a PPR league, maybe even like a Royce Freeman and just hope he scores a touchdown. And then try to hold on to hope to starting Samuels. We'll hope we have more information on Sunday morning. The other name you could look at too is John Kelly of the Rams and hope that the, the Rams get up big on the Cardinals, pull Todd Gurley out, and then John Kelly, like, if you, if, if J, I mean, cause if James Connor's active, would you rather have John Kelly or Jalen Samuels? You know, like, that's a... Probably Kelly. I, the, the CJ Anderson signing makes me a little worried eh, because just... I don't think CJ Anderson's any good. But they've kept Kelly stuck behind Malcolm Brown all year. Yeah, that's true. They didn't want him to be the backup. And now that they've got other injury concerns, they signed C.J. Anderson. So I'm, I just don't know how much they like Kelly right now. Uh, Panthers and Cam Newton. Would you start anyone on the Panthers? I mean, I think you have to start Christian McCaffrey. But anybody Christian else? McCaffrey will be a top 10 court running back, even if you or I are quarterback. Other than that, I don't want to start a Panther. I think DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel fall into that desperation flex range. Ian Thomas goes from a good streaming option to a terrible streaming option that I, I just can't imagine a situation where you're stuck with that. Um, no, I don't want any part of the Panthers. And as bad as that Falcons defense is, I'm probably rolling them out there against Heineke. Yes, I think that with Christian McCaffrey, you, you would roll out the Falcons defense against Heineke. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, McCaffrey to me could end up being like you're scared of it, but he could end up being a monster because Heineke might throw 95 checkdowns to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Which is what Cam was doing. I mean, the Falcons, the last few weeks, it seems like start off the game with that same game plan. I mean, David Johnson had 55 yards receiving on the team's first drive, but then they kind of decided they were going to cover him. Yeah. Throughout that game, he only caught three passes. It's like against Steve the Wilkes, Falcons. It's like Steve Wilkes pulled him or something. I mean, they like, know 
that Heineke's not throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about this kid. He had a little success in the preseason. I think he's a very good athlete. He's fast. Big, strong arm. But... He he can run like Cam for the most part, not push the pile like Cam does. Uh, so I don't think the offense changes that much. But I wouldn't have – if I was Atlanta, there's no chance you're playing four deep against this team right now. Panthers' team total is going to be like 17 and a half, and that's too high. It, it has dropped a lot because this game had an over-under – I think it opened at 50. It's probably down to 42 right now, right? 43 and a half, and the Panthers are only three and a half point dogs. Yeah. That's got to be up to five or six by the time this game starts. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, should the Packers play him? And what do you do with the surrounding talent if Aaron Rodgers does not play? Cause Jamal Williams, the number one waiver ad this week, I mean, everybody was grabbing him. Understandably, Aaron Jones out for the season. Would you start Jamal Williams with no Aaron Rodgers? Would you start Devontae Adams with no Aaron Rodgers? The two top running back ads were Elijah McGuire and Jamal Williams, and I, I would rather have Elijah McGuire if Aaron Rodgers is out. I'd rather have Jamal Williams if Aaron Rodgers plays. Yes. So if good luck with Rodgers that. <laughs> is out, Devonte Adams, the only Packers player I'm interested in. I do kind of like Jimmy Graham if Rodgers plays, because I don't think we're going to see Randall Cobb. And there's the, Graham's got some targets. It's been so weird. We spent the whole preseason talking about how he'd be a touchdown dependent guy, might not reach 500 yards. Well, he's cut like 60 passes for 500 yards, and he has two scores. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be all that surprised if Cobb doesn't play and Rodgers does play if Graham's a pretty good tight end this week. Okay. That's that's a weird game, too, in terms of the line. It's it's lived right around minus three for Green Bay. Well, I, I, saw, I was told to pick it as Jets minus two. It was at one point. Uh, it's now gone. It's, it's, it's swung both directions. Aaron Rodgers said today he is going to play. Joe Philbin said they've not decided. Oh, interesting. I don't think Joe Philbin has any power in this. No, 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 no. This is a Mark Murphy decision that's being yeah. made. And Aaron, yeah, Aaron Rodgers wants to play. I was reading Rob Domofsky on this. It was interesting because he pointed out like, you know, there's a lot to go into it. One, you know, you don't want to get him hurt, but you also don't want to say Aaron's above everybody else. And, but you also should know that everyone knows Aaron is in fact above everyone else. Like if right. he, if he goes out there and he tears his ACL or breaks his collarbone, you just blew up 2019. Uh, yeah, so I, I would, I would bet on the Jets in this game and just hope that Rodgers doesn't play or that he's minimized in, in this particular contest. Um, what, what do you, where, how high is Dalvin Cook in your running back rankings? And congratulations, Jamie Eisenberg. Start of the week last week, Dalvin Cook came through in a big way, multiple booms on Twitter. It's a good pick by him. He was absolutely awesome. I've got him at 14 right now. Mm. It, it's weird to say this. Um, I, cause I know they want to run it a ton. And it seems like they want to run it with both backs. They, they shared the load last week. I'm a little bit worried about the Lions. Mm. Not winning the game, but since they traded for Snacks Harrison, they've been a very good run defense. They have. Like, it's been, now, part of that, I think, we saw Minnesota run outside a little bit more. Yeah. And it's the same thing that Tennessee's done with, with Derrick Henry. They decided maybe don't run him in up <laughs> back of the center, yeah. but get him out of the tackles a little bit. And I, I still think you can attack Detroit's defense that way. But I'm just a, I'm starting Dalvin Cook, but I'm not putting him in that boom territory. Oh, uh, you got to start Dalvin Cook. They, I mean, I, I, I get that it's not Miami's defense, but they are clearly going to feed this guy down the stretch because there's also a little bit of f like not fu material, but I mean like St Kevin Savonsky. I mean he's auditioning for a job, 
And Mike Zimmer wants to make sure that everybody knows that his decision to fire the offensive coordinator worked out. So I, plus I think that the, when they run him outside and they get that going, it opens up that play action for Kirk Cousins in a big way. Um, alright, so what do you, how are you handling, we mentioned the Chiefs running backs. That to me is the trickiest situation there is because, like, I mean, I, I think everybody, I mean, anybody, a, a lot of people who are in the finals picked up Damian Williams and he blew up for like 30 points last week. He helped propel you into the finals. Are you, I mean, where, where's the threshold for guys you would start before Damian Williams without knowing Spencer Ware's status as of Thursday and probably not knowing Spencer Ware's status until late Sunday afternoon? I hope we do. I hope so too. <laughs> oh, no, let me, let me, no, let me ask you that. So here, my theory, like, I will not start Spencer Ware this week. Like, no, I think that's fair. No matter what happens, cause if I, I'm not starting a guy who's coming back from a hamstring injury on a bad hamstring, in my finals with the positive, like with against a, against a, a good defense, like the Seahawks on the road. To me, that's a, you're begging for a point eight. I will say if, if Spencer wears out, I like Damian Williams better than Marlon Mack, better than Sony Michelle, better than Matt Breida. He's a top 15, 16 running back, okay. especially in PPR, uh, even higher. Uh, if Spencer Ware plays, I, drop Williams down into the 20s, maybe just outside your top 24. They're both flexes, but I still like Williams more. So I think you have to look at it that way. You're you're risking, if you play him, only having a high-end flex. Your reward, if Ware is out, is that you have a high-end number two running back. And then you look at the guys that you're trying to choose between and say, can they come close to either one of those? So, like, would you... And again, we don't we don't know right now. But would you start like, Jamal Williams right now? If you had to make, if you had to set your lineup right now, would you go Jamal Williams or Damian Williams? I'm glad you chose someone that's also dependent on an injury. Exactly. In Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. That's right. really good. Yeah. I I would probably this moment today choose Damian Williams. Okay. What about? Kate? But I I said I had him ahead of Mac and Michelle yeah. without wear. I would play Mac and Michelle over him currently. Okay, right now, not knowing what Spencer Ware's status right. is. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the Jamal Williams thing is a little unfair since he fluctuates. <laughs> by, <laughs> if, yeah. Yeah. Not not cool by not cool by me. My bad. Good brain uh, exercise. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um. Okay. The Broncos Monday night against the Raiders. Philip Lindsay a must start. How are you handling those uh, wide receivers for Denver? I like Deshaun Hamilton in PPR. He, I, Jamie said it earlier in the week, and I think it's accurate. He's the new Bruce Ellington. He's not going to get you much in terms of yards, right? But he's getting so many targets; it doesn't really matter. I, I'm struggling with Cortland Sutton because, like, everything we've seen the last two weeks indicates that Case Keenum would rather throw the football to Tim Patrick. Yeah, and Tim Patrick's been just about as good as Sutton when they've thrown him the football. So I don't know why that would change. It, the, it's like Tim Patrick is not a great name for fantasy. It doesn't make you like, like, like Damian Williams makes me want to grab him and like start him. They're like, Tim Patrick, this guy can't do anything. He's like, that's right. like, it's like, they're like, go get a beer with Tim Patrick or something, you know, like, they're like, right. it's, 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 it's hard to get, for me, I always struggle with that. Like, it's hard to like mentally convince yourself that Tim Patrick is going to save your season. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's perfectly fair. I, I don't think he's going to save your season. I do think he's a low end flex. I would rather play him over Cortland Sutton, even though Cortland Sutton's name sounds more fun. <laughs> uh, are you starting any of the 49ers guys against Chicago? I, I'm starting Kittle. Sure. He's a tight end. Yeah. Um, I, Brita for me, it, it does not seem like it's mattered who he's facing 
or what the circumstances are. He's going to run for five yards per carry. He's going to get about 15 <laughs> carries. He's going to get hurt and leave the game. Like <laughs> over and over and over again. And last week he actually caught passes. I think he's a low end number two, a high end flex option. I'd probably prefer him over both the Chiefs if they were both playing, but I definitely prefer Damian Williams over Breida if Ware was out. Okay. Man, this is gonna be a hard week. Yeah. And then you got Dante Pettis, who listen, I, I think he could still have a little bit of success, but he's a flex. He's not a top top twenty five guy. Yeah. Pettis, I don't, I dropped Pettis in a couple, I mean, you know, you're dropping guys in a league where you're, I mean, obviously if you drop somebody in the championship, you're looking to see what people have on their roster before you do it. Right. You know, who you're playing. Um, and by credit to you, Heath, I liked your little, uh, I'm adding, I'm using up all my fab. I'm burning through my fab to add guys that my opponent might need, even if I don't plan on starting them, just to make sure they don't burn me. Yes, absolutely. And there were some people that said that was cheap, and I don't know what they're talking about. That's like, I have $4 fab left. I'm supposed to not use it? I'm supposed to bid $4 on one player when I don't need to bid more than one? Now, this is not like you going through on Sunday morning and ad-dropping 12 quarterbacks to make sure that your opponent can't get a quarterback. That's right. different. That's, you... that's that's really dirty pool. Right. Now, of course, you could also argue, why'd you wait until Sunday to pick up a quarterback? Right. I'm not saying that I... Have never done something like that. Right. I wouldn't do it now. I think I'm more mature now. <laughs> like I think I'm more like I'm more, uh, I'm last gonna... year in a championship game. I picked up six tight ends in a league, but I didn't drop any of them. That's fine. You I add... just picked up six tight. My entire bench was tight ends. If I was playing somebody this week who had Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon for some reason, yeah, I would grab every potential running back out there and stash. I'd get rid of my quarter backup quarterback, get rid of backup wide receivers. I'd stash running backs and make sure they weren't going to screw me by adding multiple running backs. I mean, this, this it's all fair and games. What do you think about? And we'll get you out of here on this. We'll do a little beer talk and then do that. But what do you think about um hedging in the finals with cash on the line? Oh, splitting the pot? Yeah. I don't have the problem with it that some of our fantasy analysts here at CBS, we've got that. That's going on in our dynasty league. Oh, it is. Um, in the there will be hedging. Yeah. Cause it's set up to where there's a significant difference, uh, between first and second place. And the two guys don't really want to risk that much sure. this week. And so they're going to, I don't, they're not going to split it evenly, but they have, they've decided that, uh, the first place is maybe going to get 60% and second's going to get 40%. So I've got a league where let's say that the winner gets seventy dollars, uh huh, and the loser well, it's seven hundred. The winner, I don't, I don't care on this podcast. Winner gets seven hundred. Loser, second place gets three hundred. Uh huh. I'm a sixty-one percent favorite by the sports line uh, projections. Do you yeah. do you go for gusto? And this is a really weird situation because I've got Todd Gurley and Keenan Allen, and my opponent has Melvin Gordon and like T.Y. Hilton, and there's all kinds of like. Injury play, you know, injury stuff in play. I have never been the person to make that offer. I've never suggested that someone else make that offer. Hmm. I don't actually like it. I'm just saying that I don't blame anybody that wants to do it. It's like, like I understand, especially if you're playing in a league where it's six, seven hundred bucks and it's Christmas time. Yeah. And you just like to make sure you get some cash. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I just, that's I'm not wired. I'm a degenerate. Yeah, no, I am I'm too. not wired that way. Well, the I mean, I, I mean, the the championship is between me and one of our coworkers. 
yeah. um, who I don't, uh, he's been on this podcast. I don't know if he listens to the podcast every day, but, um, he is also a degenerate, big time degenerate. And he flo- I had sort of floated the concept of splitting or hedging. And then he texted me and was like, I'll, I'll hedge if you want to do it. I was like, let me, let me look at it and get back to you. And I, I, now I feel like if I don't do it, I'm totally going to get burnt. Oh, I think most of the time if someone offers it to you and you don't take the hedge, you are going to lose. Yeah. That's, that's wh- just the way that it works. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking about pull out – we each pull out 400 to play for like 150 or something like that. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I all think right. that's perfect. I don't think anybody should be judged for doing that. Yeah. Uh, all right. What, uh, what book of beer did you drink this week? I had uh, I think my 35th five-star beer ever wow. on uh, from our good friends at BrewDog. Nice. I, I don't know if you've tried this one yet. Is it one of the one-offs? The Declassified Demigod. I have not. I'm, I can see it. I can see it as Holy we're Holy cow. Should I try it tonight with my wife? 14.1%. Holy cow. It is an Imperial Milk Stout. Yeah. It's so, so sweet. Just a little boozy, too. Okay. Which which I love. It it was just phenomenal. All right. I might have to have a brew dog... Uh... Brewdog evening myself. I'm about to, like, I've been doing all this traveling with the family and I'm about to go Saturday. You're leaving. So when are you done? You're done on uh, Monday? I, I am here on Christmas Eve. Ooh. I'm getting on a plane Christmas morning. Good for you. Uh, Have you ever traveled on Christmas Day? We we travel on Christmas Day almost every year. Okay. It's great. There's nobody yeah, out all, there. It's, it's empty. It's like you're just walking it's, through a ghost it's town. It's easy to travel. It's cheap. Yep. And I always fly on Southwest, yeah. and they give you free drinks on Christmas. So you're getting boozed up on Christmas. Yeah. Well, I'm going straight from there to uh, the in-laws. So good for you. Yeah. Drink heavily. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> this has been fun. We will. Uh, we'll maybe we'll holler at you uh, once you get back from the uh, the vacation, and we'll have to. Yeah, go. We, we definitely need to uh, keep something going in the off season. Yeah, for sure. And we will. Uh, as as we tweeted about again, keep tweeting our boss at ekcbs. On Twitter, E-K-A-Y-C-B-S, and use some some variations. Yell at him and tell him you want Heath and Brinson to do a beer trip, and we will uh, we will have a beer event around the country where Heath and I drink beer and talk fantasy. It's been fun, my friend. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you.